Probably as soon as you can define something that's working, you should start thinking about how it's going to change. I was asked a question at an event recently about what sales training programs or sales methodologies I like. And my answer was like, I, they're fine, you know, but once somebody's written a book about it, like it's pretty much obsolete. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, their adiddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part one in the two-part Scalable Career in Sales series. In this episode, we're going to experience a day in the life, hour by hour, of Monica Stewart, a sales consultant and head of accounts at Scaled, so you can decide if this is a career you can see yourself doing. Monica's got some awesome insight for you about sales methodologies and the sales industry as a whole sprinkled throughout her daily tasks. Her job is to help companies and clients of all sizes improve their sales teams and processes. She's that good at what she does. Let's get right into the day. It's 6.45 in the morning in New York City, and Monica is just waking up. The morning is her time to get her thoughts together and get centered. She brews some coffee and spends some time meditating. At 8 a.m., she's answering emails until about 9 a.m. when she arrives to the office. Today on the agenda is onboarding new consultants, meeting with current consultants, attending a client's lunch event, attending demos, renewing contracts with clients, a stand-up call with the CEO, and putting out fires along the way. Let's meet Monica and learn more about what she does. My name is Monica. I'm a principal at Scaled. We're a boutique sales and growth consulting firm. And so what that means, means for me different things at different times, but right now it means I spend some of my time managing some of our larger clients and I spend the rest of my time growing scaled as a company. So a principal in a consulting firm is, I guess, sort of like a a senior partner. So your goals are tied to how well the company does. So you're, you're responsible for, you don't necessarily have, you, you have a responsibility for particular functions within the company, but you also have like ownership of that company. We've been around for a little over five years and the company was founded because our CEO, Jake, was a VP of sales at a bunch of different tech companies. He was super successful. He built multiple teams that built companies that went on to get acquired. He started doing consulting and realized that there was a real need for companies to level up a lot of different parts of their sales organization, but maybe they weren't ready to hire someone or they had a great team in place, but they just needed help. And he's really good at what he does. So he started doing that. And that was five years ago. And we've just kind of continued to grow and take on more clients and bring on more more consultants. And then here we are. The types of clients Scaled works with have changed since their inception, but now they work with companies that have about $50 million in revenue with about 200 employees and at least 20 people on their sales team. 
you know, I think early on it was kind of like, cool, you want to do some stuff with sales? We do things with sales. We can help you with that. And like any business, you figure out what your product market fit is eventually and you figure out who your target buyers are. Same exercises that we take our clients through. And we're usually working with the CEO and they can actually be in any industry. Early on, most of our clients were in tech, lots of, you know, venture-backed B2B SaaS companies. And right now, three of our five biggest clients are not tech companies at all. Like if you think about people that work at startups, they're generally, they're younger, they've been through a couple companies before, so they've at least seen how things can break down and they've learned. There's much more of a culture of learning. People are much more involved and they tend to be newer companies. So you get to sort of start fresh and try new things. If you look at an industry like real estate, or logistics, or even older technology companies that aren't necessarily SaaS, like someone that makes, um, I don't know, something that's sold on the Salesforce app exchange or whatever, and they're private equity backed, not venture backed. It's a really old school culture. And so it's a really old school sales process. And so the things that we talk to our clients about a lot, like leveraging technology, putting together a repeatable process, defining their buyer personas, testing messaging across the sales team. They're just like, what? Like, (laughs) we're all supposed to do it the same way. (laughs) So we can get a lot of lift with those companies and they're under less pressure in in a lot of ways because their funding structure is sometimes different. So they have a little bit more, more latitude. I don't know if that's actually the reason. I think it's actually just because they're starting to realize like a lot of companies in older industries that they have, they can gain a lot by learning some new tricks. Back to the day. We mentioned from 8 to 9 a.m. She's answering emails and she likes to block out this time to tend to emails because it's easy to let them fall by the wayside during the day. In her inbox on this particular day, there was a crisis involving a big client that needed to be attended to ASAP. This is actually really important. I tell all my consultants to do this. I tell them to block out 15 minutes a day for just per client for just responding to emails because otherwise it really piles up and then that can kind of like kill your day that you have dedicated to them in the week. Just maintaining communication is really, really, really important when you're managing a lot of priorities, which as consultants, we all are. So, and I do that before the day starts. On this day, I was in the office and just had like a bunch of meetings in the office. I actually had a bunch of projects that I wanted to work on, but on in my emails, I saw that we had a little bit of a of a minor crisis with with one of our our big partners that's a a sales technology company. So, the first thing that I did, I spent about an hour kind of working on strategy for dealing with that and crafting communications with our CEO. So he basically sent me an email that he wanted to send to the partner. He was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I kind of went through and rewrote it. And I was as I was rewriting it, I realized we actually shouldn't send this email at all. Like it shouldn't even be an email. It needed to be a conversation probably with different people. And so we kind of like talked through that. So that that was kind of something that got thrown into my day that I needed to deal with first so that he could then respond um, and I didn't leave him hanging. So after that, I, I think I spent a little bit of time just catching up on stuff. Now it's 10 a.m. and she's focused on onboarding new consultants. Some consultants are part-time, others are full-time. Scaled is accommodating for both because in some cases the consultants have their own side gigs. That being said, Monica likes to make sure the consultants she hires who have side projects can give their undivided attention to their clients. At 1030, she's meeting with a brand new hire. 
All of our consultants are practitioners, so they all have experience as sales leaders, VPs of sales, SDR team leaders, sales ops and sales enablement specialists. They've all, the thing that, that we're bringing them in to, to solve for a client, they've done it successfully many times before. That's what we look for. So we're always recruiting consultants. They're our business, they're, you know, we're a people business, so they're our product. And we, these days we always need more. We just brought four on a couple of weeks ago and now we have two more that are starting. So one of them came in, I hadn't met her in person before. I just got a really different impression than I had done, than I had from our first conversation. So, but I mean, it, it happens. A lot of the consultants that we work with have other things that they do on the side. Some of them have their own consulting clients. Those actually are the more predictable ones, but then... A lot of our consultants have their own startups and that can change a lot. Like they're fundraising and then they get really busy or then they raise money and all of a sudden they need to hire people really quickly and their investors expect them to just be able to devote all their time. Or, you know, a million things can come up when you have your own business. Now it's 11 a.m. The meeting with the new hire is adjourned and Monica follows up immediately so she doesn't forget what was discussed. She does this now so she doesn't need to play catch up later when the meeting isn't fresh in her memory anymore. At 11.20, Monica's getting ready to leave to attend a lunch that was sponsored by Sales Loft, and that's one of Scale's big partners. But before she left the office, she checked in on one of the full-time consultants that delayed her departure a little bit. And I just go to do a quick check-in with him because I know he has a call at 12 that I'm that he's running on his own because I, I have to go to this event. So I just do like a really quick check on the work that he's supposed to go over on the call. And it's just not even done. Like oh, no. <laughs> it's 1135. He's working on it like at that moment and it's not done and it's only part of it and just like just all all bad, like all really bad. Oh, no. What was he missing? A lot. Yeah. yeah. And he left it to the last minute. Like you don't do the work like right before the call, you know, unless you really have to. It's just raised a lot of red flags for me around how well he and I were communicating around time management, around, you know, what else he was spending his time on. What is it that you need to do to be prepared? I mean, ideally it's, it's different, of course, depending on like whatever the deliverable is. But you should do the thing before the day that it's due. And sometimes it's unavoidable. I mean, I do it too, for sure. But you shouldn't be planning to do that. It shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I just blocked out this time right before the meeting to do the thing for the meeting. You know, that's like a non-optimal situation. Without going into any sensitive detail, what was the actual meeting about? It was a meeting to review kind of like the V1 of our final deliverable for this client. So we've been working on it for several months. Most of the work has already been done. This is just kind of putting it together into the final package product and format and then presenting it. And then we were supposed to put some, you know, small tweaks and then give them the final version next week. And the version, like a version that's like a, a plan or... Um processes that you guys written out that's what the product is yeah in this particular case the product was uh an onboarding and training plan crisis averted monica makes it to the lunch fashionably late at sales loft during one of the presentations it was about kind of like cadence engagement best practices so sales loft has a whole research division where they 
crunch data on all of the cadences that people put into SalesLoft. Things like, you know, what happens if you condense the, the amount of time between steps or if you expand the amount of time or like what happens if you take out all the calls or if you take out all the emails or, you know, does it make a difference if you do like a double tap call email on the first step? It does. Things like that. You know, honestly, the biggest takeaway was just how, how similar what every company is doing really is, right? Because the differences that they were talking about were so fine-grained, right? Like, are you doing a call first or an email first? Should it be five days apart or three days apart? And so what that means is like everyone's doing the same thing. The call, email, call, email, LinkedIn. That's it. Which is exciting for us because we've been experimenting with some other things with some of our clients that we are really excited to see become more widely adopted. So it was cool. I mean, there was really good information there. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like this, it's actually really helpful for me because one of the things that we do with our clients a lot is help them design their outreach. And obviously everybody has an opinion on this and everyone has their own kind of way that they like to do things and put their stamp on things. And it's super helpful to be able to be like, look guys, SalesLoft did a report and they analyzed millions of cadences and like this isn't me saying this right. this is just what the data says this is what it is yeah so we can do it this way or we can do it your way whatever I'm, but i'm telling you this is the way that's going to work right. the this best is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from a networking perspective it was a little bit of a fail because i ended up sitting next to somebody that i already had a meeting scheduled with that oh. <laughs> someone had introduced us to but it was great because we got to chat a little bit more and i have a lot more context now about what he wanted to meet with me about so that was great stayed for the rest of the lunch talked to some people one of our other consultants ryan was also there so i grabbed a coffee with him and just kind of caught up on some stuff you said it was a networking fail because the guy you sat next to, you already, <laughs> already had, had a meeting, a meeting set up. Yeah. What are the first meetings like with a potential client? It really depends on where they're coming to us from. So sometimes they come to us because they have a specific project and they want to know how we would approach it or even if it can't be done, for example. We do a lot of kind of like free consulting sessions with our partners where when they bring on a tool sales oft or discover org or something like that they will or you know drift will will look at their content or look at the way that their process is set up and give them some advice and i mean we really do like i'm happy to talk to anybody for an hour about their company and if they think that there's value and they want to talk to us more like great if not happy to talk to them for an hour and right. you know maybe we can be friends in the future cool. so those conversations are really different I don't do a lot of the sales. I probably do like 10 to 15% of the sales at Scaled. Our CEO does most of it. Now it's 1.15 and Monica grabs coffee with the Scaled consultant and heads back to the office downtown. As soon as she walks in at 2 p.m., she's sitting in on a demo with a new potential partner, Lead IQ. And what we're really interested in when we look at these is how their tool can integrate with other tools. Um, and then like what it's good for, what it's not good for because every product isn't going to be great for every company, but we work with lots of different kinds of companies. So this one actually, interestingly, was really good at finding cell phone numbers for prospects, which is like a really specific type of thing. And if you're selling to some industries like insurance, it's not going to be good. 
unless you're selling to insurance salespeople, I guess. But if you're selling to engineers, people that work in like logistics, anybody who's out in the field, pharmaceutical salespeople. I mean, think about all the people that don't have desk phones. We don't have desk phones. If you wanted to sell the scaled, can't find it because <laughs> <laughs> wow. we don't have them, right? So that was like a really cool thing. Like, oh, okay. So when I find, when I have a client who their buyer persona is is not desk phone, then this is actually a really good source for them. So that was that was a, a really good thing. Um, and then at more. the end of the demos, what is it that Scaled offers to the company in question, I guess? For this particular company, I think the best thing, the best way for us to partner with them is just to be to set up a referral structure. So when we have clients that can use LeadIQ, we can send them their way. And when they have clients that need help with implementation or sales process, then they can send them to us. So now it's 2.30. It's 2.30. So I go back into tasks. I'm working on a renewal with one of our big clients. So I have a bunch of emails from them that I have to respond to. So I sent probably an hour and a half, just kind of like troubleshooting. Um, We have a new head of people ops who's helping me with the onboarding process. So I'm getting her access, admin access to all of our systems so she can set people up and I don't have to do it. Worked on some stuff for my contract, answered a bunch of questions for that client. I would normally not try to do this because for this particular client, I, I don't do work for them on Thursdays. I have two days a week locked off for them and it's not Thursday. But because we were working on the renewal, I feel the need to be like extremely responsive. And so I'm just, you know, trying to like fix everything. <laughs> so how do how do renewals and contracts work with scale? Do you guys come on as consultants for X amount of time and then you, they just continue yeah. to use you guys? Is it like a yearly contract? A no, monthly or? it depends. Okay. So we usually start with, you know, we, we're a very proof of concept based business, of course. You don't want to commit to working with a consultant for a year if you don't know if you're going to like working with them. So we'll usually start with a project. Our initial projects are like three, four months. And then at that point, either the project will change or it will expand. Or sometimes we just move into retainer where it's like, okay, there's clearly enough for us to do. And it's going to be more work than we need to keep trying to like scope a project, scope a project, scope a project, because it's going to change all the time. Mm-hmm. So let's just move to a retainer. We can spend this many hours a week with you guys, and then we'll just go month to month. That works better for some companies. It really depends on the company. To attract top-tier employees and targeted clients, Scaled needs to be on top of sales and technology industry changes and applications, and those changes happen quickly. Probably as soon as you can define something that's working, you should start thinking about how it's going to change. I was asked a question at an event recently about what sales training programs or sales methodologies I like. And my answer was like, they're fine, you know, but once somebody's written a book about it, like it's pretty much obsolete. You've got like a year maybe after <laughs> after that book. And I mean, that's one of the reasons that we see, like we've seen it with, for example, uh, the way that people are doing their outreach, like email call, email call. It's all Aaron Ross, predictable revenue. 
and everyone read the book and everybody's like, okay, cool. This is the magic machine. You put in leads and then you get money out the other side if you just put a bunch of SDRs behind it. So literally every company is doing that. And that means that buyers are just super overwhelmed. And so that strategy isn't effective anymore. So, I mean, I think always it's, it's no one can predict the future, but I guess the best thing that I could say is just really pay attention to what's going on around you and pay attention to the things that you personally find interesting and then just learn as much as you can about those things because the odds are is that they're going to be relevant and you might as well learn about something that you like. It's now four o'clock and Monica's meeting with one of Scaled's full-time consultants for a one-to-one meeting. He's moving to Austin next week so I'm super concerned about this because he has a lot on his plate. He's still new at the company. I, and I want to make sure that I'm going to be able to stay on track with him working in different offices and, you know, not being able to communicate with him all day long. And I also want to make sure that he's feeling good and feeling supported and not feeling just super overwhelmed by the move and the job and, and all of that. Like, I just want to make sure that we're setting him up for success because we do work really hard and I want to make sure that people feel supported and feel empowered to do the work that's being asked of them. So this particular one-on-one was kind of just more like a, like a relationship building goal setting type of a meeting. And are they always like that or what? Uh, no. So yeah, it kind of depends actually right now. I'm doing a lot of daily 15 minute standups with people and then just one one one-on-one meeting once a week where we kind of just talk about whatever they want to talk about. But then we cover the tasks daily. All right, so 5 p.m. the day is kind of over, not really. Uh, yeah, it's over, over-ish. So I had a, a meeting that I had set up a while ago for drinks with kind of a new friend who's the CEO of another consulting firm that works with a lot of startups. They're also in Soho. She was introduced to me by another COO that I know, chief operations officer at a recruiting firm. We tried to meet, couldn't do it, ended up having a phone call. And so it was like, I I really shouldn't reschedule this meeting. If I do, we're probably just not going to really connect. I went and spent an hour. We do a lot of meetings at St. Ambrose on Lafayette Street. So I went and met her there. She's super cool, really delightful, really interesting to talk to her about how she thinks about her job and her company is similar similar to mine. Um, they run their business in a in a little bit of a different way. They bring on different types of consultants, but you know we have similar challenges around recruiting, staffing, how we position our product, how we stay organized internally. So it was really good to connect with her. Then I went back to the office. I have a daily stand up call with my CEO every day. At we try to do it around six. It's very short. It's fifteen minutes. And we each share what our top priority is for the next day. Not everything we're doing, just the most important thing that we need to get done. Any potential roadblocks that could prevent us from doing that thing. And then just any random questions that we have. On that particular day, I think my my top priority for the next day was getting my renewal done. Monica was in the office until about 7 p.m., which is a little later than normal. But since she was out and about on this day, she wanted to collect herself and reprioritize. Before we go, Monica has some industry insight to share. I would say that for sales, what we see really consistently is 
you know, we talk about sales and marketing alignment a lot. And there are a lot of blog posts about sales and marketing alignment and account-based marketing. But what this really means is that in most companies and most revenue organizations, marketing is responsible for more and more of the buyer journey. And so this means that as a salesperson, when you come in, like you really need to be delivering a lot of value. And I see a lot of teams, they just really haven't figured this out yet. And so by the time the prospect gets to them, they're still running the same plays. They're running, you know, they're not doing enough discovery. They're making them wait to see a demo. They're trying to gate information and use it as a bargaining tool. And it's like, no, like your buyer has already done that. Like they've already gone through all of that. Once they get to you, you need to deliver like specific human value and insight. You're not a sales robot. Like you are a human being that needs to now take control of this conversation. So I think that's the biggest trend that I see. And it's something that's already happening, but I don't think most salespeople have really adjusted their strategy enough to account for it. So you just experienced a day in the life of a sales consultant and head of accounts at Scaled. But how does one actually become one? In part two of the Scalable Career in Sales series, join us as we go through Monica's career journey and experiences leading up to where she is today. Monica is and always has been a force throughout her career, so much so that she's the common denominator between three of the seven companies she's worked for having been acquired. Learn how she did it so you can too. Stay tuned. At Experience a Day in the Life, we're building an online library of content all focused on a diddle or a day in the life of different jobs and professions across the world in all different industries. So if you want to share your a diddle, you can do so at xadiddle.com slash share dash my dash a diddle. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash share dash my dash a-d-i-t-l. Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at exadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bowe and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.